You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA of Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you for listening and thank you for worshiping with us. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. For some reason, as a boy, I always thought it would be kind of cool to live in the wilderness. Maybe I was inspired by a movie, and I don't know if you remember this movie or not, but a movie called Jeremiah Johnson. And after watching that, I thought, yeah, that would be kind of neat to to live in the wilderness. And so I bought a book about surviving in the wilderness, and it gave all kinds of tips on how to survive in the wilderness. But there was three things that were absolutely necessary. Uh, to survive in the wilderness. Uh, water, you had to wa- have water. In fact, people will tell you you can't live for more than three days without water, so you need water uh, for the body to, to function in many and various ways. You also need some kind of uh, form of food, right, in order to energize the body. And then you also need shelter uh, for protection and also uh, for rest, which is much needed when you're in the wilderness as well. And of course, a few years ago, I discovered when I was in the Boundary Waters one year, on a very cold, rainy day, that you need wool as well, because wool is one of those mystery fabrics that uh, keeps you warm even when it's wet. So as I was thinking about those early years of my life and my interest in being in the wilderness, I also started kind of thinking about Jesus' own wilderness experience as well. Uh, His experience is a little different because uh, Jesus um, is driven. Text says he's driven into the wilderness. In other words, this is not, uh, this is not an optional trip. He's, He's not going on holiday, but rather Jesus is driven into the wilderness because in this wilderness, Jesus will discover where his heart is, which is what we talked a little bit about this past Ash Wednesday. He will begin to discover what is most important uh, in his life. But also, as I was thinking about his wilderness experience, I came to realize that as Jesus experiences this wilderness, he's also given what he needs to survive that wilderness experience. And it's not necessarily water, food, and shelter, but it is promise, uh, presence, and purpose. Uh, Promise. You know, it's interesting, again, that Jesus is driven into the wilderness with a promise. Just prior to him being driven into the wilderness, uh, we read again, and we've read it many times in Mark, uh, the very quick baptismal story. Uh, surrounding Jesus himself, where uh, he realizes or comes to realize in that baptism that he is the beloved Son of God with whom God is well pleased. That's an important promise for Jesus to hear before he's driven into the wilderness, that his life is going to be shaped by a promise rather than a threat, and that what lies ahead for him really is the the fulfillment of that promise that God has given to him at his baptism. And so it's important for us to remember, as we think about promise, 
And the promise also, the baptismal promise that surrounds our lives, that God is a promise keeper, that God is trustworthy. And so it, baptism really then is an affirmation of that promise that surrounds all of our lives. But more than that, baptism really is a daily reminder that our life has value and that therefore our, our lives really are gifts to be cherished rather than trash to be discarded. You know, it's interesting, and we, we, we know this for Lutherans who've been around the Lutheran faith long enough, you know, Luther was always struggling with those, those demons. His life was <laughs> filled with wilderness experiences. And so for him, it became very important to affirm his baptism on a daily basis, to remind himself that he was a beloved child of God with whom God was well pleased. And one of the ways we do that was, was with, with water, right? I mean, think about that. I mean, water is the most important thing you need in the wilderness, right? You can't survive more than three days without it. So every time you encounter water in whatever form that might be, uh, you remind yourself, I'm a baptized child of God with whom God is well pleased. And that's going to help you, as it did Jesus, to remember, especially in those wilderness moments in life, that your life is always wrapped with a promise. Two, presence. You know, Jesus is sent out into the wilderness uh, and these angels accompany him. In other words, he sent out into the wilderness in the presence of God. And as I was thinking about God's promise, I was uh, drawn to this uh, little illustration of a, of a young monk who's very frustrated because uh, he's been very kind of inept at experiencing God's presence in his life. He just can't can't experience it. He just doesn't feel like God is there for him, you know? And so he asks his superior, you know, how, how, how do I experience this, this, this presence, God's presence in my life? I don't seem to be able to do it. And the superior asks him an interesting question. He says, well, you know, how does an apple ripen? And of course, you know, young, young monk had no answer. And the superior says, something very interesting he says an apple ripens by sitting in the sun it just sits in the sun and and receives nourishment from that sun but also nourishment from the branch upon which it is attached in other words stop stop working so hard at at trying to somehow experience the presence of a God who's already here. Instead, you know, learn to sit in the sun. Learn to receive, be open to what is already there. You know, spiritual disciplines, they're extremely important. Talked about them this last Ash Wednesday, right? Uh, fasting, almsgiving, prayer. You know, these are all important experiences or disciplines, but those disciplines don't bring God here. Yeah. God's already here. 
spiritual dip, disciplines simply help us, they're just tools, that's all they are, help us to become aware of the God who is always already present among us. I was reading this past week about the Bible. The Bible is a, really a story of our salvation. Uh, it is a, a story of what God does uh, to save us. And not what we do to please God, right? The Bible is a story of what God does to save us, not what we do to please God. Because a lot of times, we don't do a very good job of pleasing God. And as we read this story of salvation, we become aware, we, we become aware of how God works through persons and in places we least expect. So even the Bible becomes an important tool that helps us to become aware of how God is already here in the world at work among us. And that what we really need to be doing is asking ourselves, where is God at work among us now? The presence of God also gives us perseverance the capacity to move forward. So how do you become aware of God in your life? How do you sit in the sun and receive what is already here? Pres promise, presence, purpose. Uh, Jesus leaves the wilderness with this purpose of proclaiming the will and reign of God in word and deed. And maybe that's why the wilderness is not optional for him, right? But it's really part of his journey into understanding who he is. A very good pastor from the Metro Chicago Synod who just retired, most of the pastors I know are seem to be retiring, uh, Melody Eastman, Pastor Melody Eastman. And Pastor Melody says, you know, this testing that Jesus faces today in our gospel is not a testing that's, that's somehow measuring his value. It's not testing that's determining whether or not he's good enough, right? That he's good enough to be the Messiah of the world or the Savior of the world. And see, she goes on to say then that sometimes we test things not to see if they're good enough, but we test things simply to reveal their nature, right? What's the hardness of this water? Uh, what's the pH of this solution? Uh, what's the makeup of this metal? And so the testing of Jesus isn't as so much about measuring or even proving whether he's good enough to be the Messiah but it's really about revealing his identity and that's important because who he is becomes what he does and so it's important that he know who he is so that he can know what he does 
And that, of course, is proclaiming the will and reign of God in word and deed. Who he is becomes what he does. Who you are becomes what you do. And strangely, we oftentimes learn this in the wilderness, maybe not all the time, but in those wilderness moments of life, we often discover who we are. And who we are becomes what we do. I know that's true for me. As I continue to experience wilderness moments from time to time to time. I remember years ago driving up to Gettysburg Seminary and of course I was lost and of course I wasn't going to admit that. I never admit that I'm lost. And I, I couldn't find which building was the administration building where we were supposed to check in uh, sign up for our schedule for that first semester and so forth. And there was this student walking out of this building, which happened to be one of the dormitories on campus. Um, and I asked this student for, uh, you know, some help at finding this, this building I was looking for. And I, I could tell he was in a hurry. He was very nice and he, he helped me uh, and told me where I needed to go to get checked in and all of that. But he said, you know, I got to get going. I'm in a hurry because I got to go finish my exegesis. And I thought, exegesis? What in the world is that? I, I thought it was like some kind of weird experiment on squirrels or something, you know, because the, <laughs> there's like squirrels running everywhere on the Gettysburg campus. But it was at that moment that I realized I was in a wilderness. Um, and that was kind of scary. Uh, but in that wilderness, uh, I would become very much aware of God's promise in my life. I certainly experienced God's presence in a way I'd never experienced before in my life. And I left that uh, seminary campus with the purpose of proclaiming the gospel and serving in a church that has tolerated me for all these years, many years. Likewise, you know, your wilderness awaits you. Maybe it's already found you, I don't know. But I, knew, I do know that <laughs> you'll probably have more than one wilderness experience because I've had many uh, along the way. But remember that in the midst of the wilderness, there is promise, there is presence, and there is purpose waiting to be revealed to you. So you can be scared in the midst of the wilderness, as I was and continue to be. But also I would encourage you to be hopeful of what lies ahead in the midst of your own wilderness where you too will come to know God's promise God's presence God's purpose for you
God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now in support of this podcast and of the work and ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat that for you, sjlcl.org. Up toward the top right, you will see a button that says Give. Click on Give and follow the simple instructions to give your offering. And on behalf of the whole congregation, let me say thank you for giving in support of these ministries. And now, receive a blessing from Kate Bowler from her book, The Lives We Actually Have. This is a blessing called, For This Ordinary Day. Lord, here I am. How strange it is that some days feel like hurricanes and others like glassy seas and others like nothing much at all. Today is a cosmic shrug. My day planner says rather conveniently that I will not need you, cry out for you, reach for you. Ordinarily, I might not think of you at all, except if you don't mind, let me notice you. Show up in all the small necessities and everyday graces. God, be bread, be water, be laundry, be the coffee cup in my hands and the reason to calm down in traffic. Be the gentler tone in my insistence today that people pick up after themselves for once. Be the reason I feel loved when I catch my own reflection or feel my own self-loathing fluttering in my stomach. Calm my mind, lift my spirit, make this dumb, ordinary day my prayer of thanks. Amen, and peace be with you, my friends.